going back to school here on the Tri-State College Basketball Podcast as we start season number four. My name is Brian DiNovellis and just an idea that I came up with to bring the podcast on the road and what better way to start than with my good friend, my old friend from our South Catholic days in the South End of Hartford, Anthony Latina. He's been kind enough to invite us here on the campus of Sacred Heart University, back to school. Anthony, good to see you, my friend. Thanks for having me. Very excited. Uh, I'm excited to be here on campus. I feel like I'm Rodney Dangerfield, you know, <laughs> going back to school. And, and it's just so great to be here and so nice to see all this construction yeah. going on around campus. It's an exciting time to be at Sacred Heart. It's a really exciting time. I, whenever anyone asks me about Sacred Heart and my time here as a coach, I always tell people how lucky I am, how, how grateful I am to be here at this point in the school's history. Our growth in the last 10 years has been nothing short of uh, amazing. Yeah. I mean, you know, we've, we've grown to be the second largest Catholic university in, the North, in, in, in New England, behind just Boston College. Um, we've had our biggest uh, class uh, for the eighth, I think it's the seventh or eighth straight year. Uh, we broke 2,000 incoming freshmen for the first time, um, and the school is just really growing. I mean, every time you come here, there's new construction, there's growth, there's energy, there's enthusiasm. So it's a wonderful place. Uh, I feel a great responsibility because a lot of people don't, don't know this unless you come to the campus. So as the basketball coach and probably one of the more visible sports here, um, I, I take a lot of responsibility in, in trying to make sure people see what a great place this is, because sometimes the only thing they see is the men's basketball program. And, and so anytime I get a chance to talk about how, how great this place is, and uh, I encourage everyone to come visit because it's, it's an awesome place. And I have friends in Fairfield County that will come here if never visited and, and can't believe what they've seen. So Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah, it's it, a wonderful it, place. Yeah, I mean, you go back, like you said, 10 years, 20 years. I mean, uh, it looks nothing like it did oh, then. Yeah. So, I mean, and you've been here for a lot of this. You know, yeah. you're beginning year number 11. Yeah. As, as a head coach, and uh, you spent eight years as an assistant. Yeah, so you're so number 19, 19. 19. Can yeah. you believe when you started here that, you know, you'd be here 19 years? No. Actually, you know, as you, when you come in as an assistant, you, you always expect, like, hey, everything is temporary. And everything is temporary in life. But uh, to be here at one place uh, for 19 years, and such a special place, um, I feel very fortunate. I, I've been blessed with great leadership. We have great administration from our president to our vice president to our athletic director. Um, I've had three different athletic directors. All three have been outstanding. Um, our current athletic director, Judy Enricchio, is, 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 is a star in the business. She's, uh, she's brought a, an energy uh, to this department. Um, and, uh, and we're thriving. We won a Commissioner's Cup, which is um, the, uh, the award that is given to the athletic department with the highest points in terms of success on the field court uh, and other arenas and and we won it for the I think the seventh or eighth time um, wow so so we're we know we, we fancy ourselves as 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 the standard in the Northeast Conference as as a as an athletic department and as a university and and we're excited about that and we we, we uh, carry that label with great pride and, and hopefully we can continue that and hopefully men's basketball can contribute to that this season yeah listen you you, you were a part of uh, two teams, and I think it was 2007, 2008, that made it to the NEC Finals, the championship yeah. game. 
Um, haven't been back since, but boy, I mean, you've been consistently right there getting to the semifinals. Um, how about, you know, building off of last year? Uh, you're probably one of the oldest teams in experience yeah. in the Northeast Conference. And from what I'm seeing so far, might be the preseason favorite. Well, it's interesting. So, you know, we've been to the semifinals three of the last four years. We're the only team in the conference that's done that. But the ultimate validation is winning. So we haven't yeah. been able to do that, winning the whole thing. Um, but we've had a, a great deal of consistency the last five years, uh, despite losing our, you know, our best player just about every year. Um, so I feel, I, I feel I take a lot of pride in that, but it's, it's hopefully time to take that next step and win the whole thing. And, um, you know, we've been close. We've been knocking on the door. Um, and, and hopefully uh, this is the year we take that next step. I, I do think we'll be picked to win the league. You know, mostly at this level, you're picked to win the league based on what you have coming back. We're a very old team. Uh, not only are we the oldest team in the conference, we're probably one of the oldest teams in the country. We have two sixth-year guys, three fifth-year guys, three fourth-year guys. So we have eight guys on our roster that have played four years or more of college basketball. Right. So uh, Ken Palm, who's the analytics website, uh, does the uh, most experienced teams in the country. It hasn't come out yet. I, I can't imagine we're not in the top five in the country. Right. So. Right. Uh, now, being experienced is one thing. Uh, you need to be good and experienced. And our experienced players are, are talented, and uh, they've seen a lot. So they've had a, a, a fair degree of success. So um, we, we feel very good about our team, about our culture, about our roster. Um, it's going to take some sacrifice. You know, uh, some of our guys are used to playing a ton. Their roles might be reduced just because we have so many guys. Um, and I think that will be a big part of our success is we'll, will we have enough guys to – uh, sacrifice for the good of the team because you know we have 13 guys on scholarship. I mean, you know we have one player sitting out. You know the 12 guys on scholarship. I, I could see any one of those 12 being in the rotation. So and we're not playing 12 players. So it's going to take some sacrifice from right. from players to uh, uh, for this to work. And, and uh, so that's part of our challenge and their challenge. But but we have good enough players to to be a major factor. So we're excited about that. And. Uh, you know, I don't know if being picked to win the league is good or bad. Uh, you know, Coach Bike always used to say, I'd rather be picked first than last. But at the end of the day, it probably doesn't really matter. Right. You know? I, th I think once you're on the court, I think, I yeah. think the guys forget about all that. No question. But we you embrace know, that. thinking about where we, you were. We embrace the expectation. I, I hope we're picked first. I, I, I want people to – I want our guys to believe that. And uh, I think they do. And, and hopefully we can uh, make the coaches profits. And, 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 yeah. And and, – and, and, and finish where, where we get picked. Right, and you know, it's not where you start, it's where you finish. You know, did you catch the Bill Walton 30 for 30? No, I have not seen they, it. They, did you know it was out? No, no. I happened to be flipping around the other night, and I'm like, what is this? So I hit the info bar, yeah. and it's four parts, four hour-long 30 for 30s on Bill Walton. And listen, I knew he was a great player. I knew he was an MVP. I knew he was, you know, had a a multitude of injuries throughout his career, yeah. Oh, yeah. you know, and, and unfortunately we'll never know how good he could have been, but part four, he gets to the Celtics and here's my point. He gets to the Celtics and they knew, you know, Bird and Kale. I mean, these guys are superstars, Parrish, right? Yeah. Parrish and DJ famous, and, yeah. and Ainge and everybody. He was coming in there as a former MVP, a player who, wanted to be a part of a championship culture and went in 
And before he even practiced, he went to Robert Parrish, went to his house and said, I'm not here to take your spot. I'm not even competing for your spot. I want to be your backup. Former league MVP, wanting to put all that behind him because he is a team player. And listening to Walton and Parrish talk about it, it's fascinating. You have to watch it. Right. So this brings me to your point talking about, well, you know, you have guys who have been stars on the Division II level who are here, the Division III level, National Player of the Year that you brought in, right? Nico Gallette, uh, all met, first team all NEC. You know he's going to get his points, but all these guys, will they be willing to accept their roles? Bill Walton accepted his role, was the sixth man of the year, yeah, and they won an NBA championship. And arguably a top two or three team in the history of the NBA, the 86 Celtics. Correct. No, that's what it takes. You know, it's, it's that type of uh, selflessness that type of commitment to winning. You know, uh, everybody wants to win, but not everybody is willing to do the things that it takes to win. Uh, whether, it's the, whether it's the commitment, whether it's the sacrifice, that's a big part of it. And that's gonna be a big part of my job is, is to get guys to believe in, hey, when we win, we all win. You know, and uh, we've already done that this summer. We've talked to certain guys and said, hey, it, 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 as far as uh, offensively, shot selection, we don't, Nico Gallet is going to be the preseason player. He's a wonderful player, outstanding. One of the most special human beings you're ever going to meet. And I said, hey, a, a bad shot by you is not needed this year because you're going to be on the court at all times with four other very good players. Two of the other four may be all league level players. So a bad shot from you is not better than a good shot from these other guys. And I think, and he's really embraced that, and, and I think other guys are going to need to do that. So... That's a big challenge for us, and it's a big challenge for any team, uh, but certainly on our team where we've had other guys, multiple players that have been main guys either on our team or other teams. So that's, uh, that's, that's going to be a big part of what we do. Uh, that's a big part of building relationships with the players. Um, you know, we have some new assistant coaches who are outstanding uh, that have really built some rapport with guys. It, it happens in those individual meetings as well. Um, one of the things that we tell our guys is from – Basically, the end of the season, so from April to September, it's all about you guys. It's all about the players. What can we do to help you? How can we help you be better? Maybe it's go to another school. Maybe you want to go somewhere where there's a different opportunity. It's all about you. But from September to March, it's got to be about us. Mm -hmm. It's got to be about us if we want to get to where we want to be. So that's a challenge. It's not easy. Um, you know, that's why I admire, you know, and we're not you know, the Celtics or the Bulls, or but some of these great coaches, well, you know, people talk about Phil Jackson or even Popovich, and they say, well, how hard is it to coach Tim Duncan or Michael Jordan? It's real hard because the other guys, you know, they are pros too. And, you know, Scottie Pippen was pretty good. Tony Parker was pretty good. So I think a couple things that have to happen. One is when you're, especially with the Spurs, when your best player is your hardest worker and coachable, which was the case with the Spurs and the, and the, and the Bulls, it works a lot easier. But also, I think you, you just have to, you have to talk about it, you have to uh, preach it every day, and you have to live it too. You know, our, the coaches have to sacrifice some things too, uh, egos and things of that nature. So I think um, it's going to be a big part of what we do uh, because we do think our talent level is where it needs to be. Now we have to perform. Listen, you can't be lousy and win. But we have enough good players. We need guys to buy into the team first, which is, again, that's, that's what we talk about from September to March. And if we do that, uh, there's going to be plenty of accolades to go around. And um, 
you know, we, we couldn't be more excited. We have good veteran guys. We have good high character kids. We have a really likable, likable group that deserves success. And quite frankly, this university deserves success in men's basketball. And we've given them some things to be excited about, but now we have to be giving them some things to be proud about. And, and that's, that's, that's what, you know, that's a responsibility I take very seriously. Um, I feel very blessed to have worked with some wonderful people in our, in our leadership teams here. And uh, they deserve a champion, and, and, uh, and we're going to do everything we can to, to deliver that. How hard did you have to recruit your own guys in the offseason? Coming off some of the years that they had, sometimes, you know, it, it's right there. Nico Galette yeah. could say, you know what, I'm going to hit the portal. I want to try to take it to the next level. You've seen it time and time again with, with your players. Quincy, Quincy McKnight yeah. as, as the uh, prime example, going yeah. from here to Seton Hall after the success he had at a young age. So the recruiting that you had to do in the offseason to maintain your own players while trying to bring in other players. It's interesting. So we've been dealing with that since, I mean, even the year before Quincy, we lost Kane Broom to Cincinnati, then Quincy to Seton Hall. We lost um, E.J. Anasicki to Tennessee. We lost Tyler Thomas to Hofstra. So we've, we've, we've been dealing with this for, you know, five or six years now, you know, kind of before it was like a thing to do. And when it first happened to us, certainly with Kane and Quincy, uh, I don't know if we were as prepared to deal with it. I think we're a little bit more equipped to deal with it, but the, to answer your question about the recruiting, you know, what, what you try to do is you try to pe treat people the right way with dignity, with respect. Uh, you try to coach them hard. You try to make it very clear everything we're doing is for your benefit, to help you be the best player, the best person you can be, and prepare you. And then you let the chips fall as they may. So, you know, as soon as the season's over, you know, we give them about a week, and then I bring everyone in and say, hey, what do you think? You know, is... is are you thinking coming back or not? I don't even go. I, I, we just address it immediately, and and then we move from there. Now sometimes you tell them right away. I'm sorry, you know, are you thinking of leaving or coming? You throw that right on the table. Oh, immediately. Wow. Now again, that's this. This was a new thing we've done in the last few years, and because it, it's better to know at the end of March than in the middle of oh, May. The, you know, May the, June. The, I mean, yeah, it's the crazy. sooner you know, the sooner you can come up with a, a plan to to mitigate the loss. So I mean, the year before we lost. Tyler Thomas and Aaron Clark to Hoster and Stony Brook, you know, two all league guys that both, you know, Tyler had two more years and Aaron had one more year. Um, and, and they were great. We had a good enough relationship where I said, hey, what do you think? And they're saying, hey, we think about making a move. Great. Let's, because once they, once they say, hey, they want to make a move, 98% of the time, maybe 95% of the time, it's probably going to happen. So you say, hey, how can I help you? Again, now this is the part of the year. This is April to, to September. It's about you. So there's no talking. What can we well, certainly do the, to change a, your mind? Initial conversation is, well, well why? Okay. What are you looking for? Um, what, what is it that you can't get here? And now there's certain things. Uh, hey, listen, here's the reality. There's certain things. If you want to play in a big arena, we don't have a big arena. Right. We can't provide that. If it's about being a pro, well, I can make an argument. And Steph Curry, uh, he just had a recent podcast that he was on saying, hey, if he had gone to Virginia Tech where his dad went or Duke where his brother went, he doesn't know if he would have been a player. So... I think you can make the argument staying. Look at the three best guards in the Who are the three best guards in the league right now? Steph Curry, Davidson. Not Atlantic 10 Davidson, Southern Conference Davidson. Jai Morant, Murray State, the Ohio Valley, mm -hmm. a bottom 10 conference in the country. Weber State, Daniel Lillard. You know what I mean? The big sky, not, you know, not a power conference. So I think there's an argument to be made 
the guys that stay at this level have a greater chance of success statistically than the guys that transfer up. So we, we try to make that clear to them, but then we ask them what their goals are. And if the guy makes a mind, we give him a big hug, and we say, thank you for what you did. Mm -hmm. What can we do to help you? Where do you want to go? Um, you may make a call or two to 100%, somebody? Okay. 100%, we'll, we'll do that. So we, we address it immediately. Um, we are very fortunate with Nico. Obviously, he would have had, I mean, he's a 6'6", six, six, uh, 3'4", four man who can make threes, who's uber right. athletic. Um, you know, the thing with Nico, and, and everybody's different too. Like, Nico's an engineer, an engineering major. How many engineering majors are, you know? <laughs> Unless you're played? at Purdue or Georgia yeah, Tech. Yeah, <laughs> not many. There's not many. So he's a special kid. He's a, such a special kid. He's he's one of the more unique uh, players I've ever coached because um, he loves basketball and he's always in the gym, but he's, basketball does not define him. I mean, he is so many other things. I mean, he is, I mean, he's doing a photo shoot right now for admissions because he's, he is what, not what men's basketball wants our players to be like. He's what Sacred Heart wants their right, students right. to be what like. What a great promoter so, for the school. Oh, I mean, he's, 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 I, mean I, I will be eternally grateful. Like, you know, he's graduating this year. I mean, for him to stay, with the amount of successes he had, for him to stay for four years, says a little bit about what he thinks of this place and a little bit about him as well. So because I think a lot of the other guys that left really loved it here too, sometimes you have things pulling you in different directions, people, and so on and so forth. And when you're, you know, when you're a 19, 20, 21, 22-year-old kid, you know, you listen to those things. And sometimes right. you look back and you regret it, and sometimes you don't. I mean, Quincy's a perfect example. You know, Quincy was a blessing and a curse in a lot of ways. Um, he was a blessing because he was such a great player. He goes to Seton Hall and has tremendous success, yes. individually as a team. People don't realize how good Quincy McKnight was. I mean, he was such a special player. And a lot of people say, well, Quincy did it. And I try to tell people, you're not Quincy McKnight. He, he's way better than you were, you know? So he, he sometimes is a little bit of a curse. Um, now, again, no, there's nothing to say that if he stayed here, he wouldn't maybe had ended up even better, but it did work out great for him. He's one of the you know stories where it worked out as good as it could work out. Correct. I mean, so, um, and we have a great relationship with Quincy. Quincy actually worked our camp this summer. He's a wonderful kid, and there's nothing I wouldn't do for him. I mean, he gave us two wonderful years, and we were the, you know, we were on the doorstep of going to the NCAA tournament both years he was here, and he was a big part of that. Right. That's fantastic, and he still comes back here. Oh, yeah, no, It no. says a lot for your ability to eye talent as well. Well, I think, too, I, I think sometimes, um, you know, and this is the newest trend, is you got to go somewhere where you're going to get the opportunity right away. I don't, I'm not convinced that if Kane or Quincy went to Cincinnati and Seton Hall right out of high school, it would have ended up, they wouldn't have, I don't know if they would have right. the success at those places. Right. Where they were, they came here, they were foundational pieces. We had just started. Kane was my first recruiting class. Quincy was our second recruiting class. And we lived with their mistakes. You know, I mean, Kane Broom started two for 27 from three to start his career. Now, he wasn't playing poorly. He just wasn't shooting well. Well, if he was at Cincinnati and he started two for 27, I don't know if Mick Cronin would have said, like, hey, keep shooting. Well, for us, we were building our program right. at that point. I said, hey, you're our guy. We believe in you. And he ends up having a great year. He ends up shooting 32% from three as a freshman after starting two F, for right, 27. Right. So you want to play at the high major level? Come here for two years. Show what you can do. You have a better chance of getting, I don't even know if it's called power five anymore with all the across right. realignment, but a high <laughs> major level by being great here for two or three years than out of high school. There's, there's no question. Especially now oh. with the NIL these, these coaches would much rather take a second or third year no guy in the transfer portal, transferring once, than take a shot at a, let's say, the 50th best freshman 
Yeah. A no. four-star. No. I mean, who would you rather have? Well, you have a proven guy who's who's performed at the college level right. against high major others. You know, because they'll look. I mean, it's it's an industry now. Like it's there's uh, you know everyone has. We have a guy in our staff that monitors transfers and and rates them, and we have formulas, and we it's 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 a you know and, and for us, I mean, you mentioned for us, we have a Division two and a Division three transfer. Who are both outstanding players. And the Division Three National Player of the Year. I mean, these guys are going to be major parts of our program. I mean, both guys are certainly in the rotation, if not all league-level players. Wow. You know, I mean, uh, you know. Is, is that a big jump, though, for either from Westchester or is it Middlebury? Middlebury, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. So these two guys are unique. Well, one is uh, Alex Sobel, who's our transfer from Middlebury. Okay. He was in the NESCAC, which, for people that don't know, uh, that's a— uh, an elite Division Three conference. It's it's one of first of all the schools are academically are some of the best outside of the Ivy League, probably the best schools in the country. Amherst, Williams, Wesleyan, Wes, Trinity. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, um, so academically you're getting real smart, and but athletically it's it's probably a top five conference in Division Three. So now you have here someone who led the conference in scoring and rebounding and block shots. Six foot eight. Yeah, six foot eight. He was the defensive player of the year. He was the player of the year, and he was the national player of the year wow. in a great conference. So. The jump, although a jump, is not as big of a jump as you would think. I mean, I've said, you know, I have a couple of good friends, Joe Riley being one of them at Wesleyan. His best players by their junior year are productive Division One players. And if you're an all-league player, you can be a good – I mean, and, and, and Alex is – You're talking I, I, All-American. I mean, I, I think he could be an all-league player for us. There's no question about it. I think he's that good. Now, we have a lot of guys that can put the ball in the basket, so maybe statistically – I don't know if he'll have the opportunity, but he's going to get the minutes. Okay. And you know, and then and then when you look at, uh, you know, Kyle McGee, who's our transfer from Westchester. You know, he was at uh, at Westchester, uh, which is in the PSAC, which is a, a terrific Division II league. I mean, those the top teams in that league would be extremely competitive in the Northeast Conference. So here you have a first team All League guy in the PSAC, and he graduated. He's a graduate student now. He's a graduate there. Um, he's older. He's experienced. He's actually a throw, but he's one of my favorite people I've ever recruited. He's just wow. an old school, like, I mean, we were talking about Terry DeHair, because he was a St. Anthony's what? kid. Well, he's a St. Oh, Anthony's okay. kid from Jersey City. Okay. So, <laughs> so and he is a throw, but I mean, he knows about Oliver Walker. Right? I mean, for, everybody knows Bobby Hurley, but, like, this guy's playing pickup with Terry DeHair, and, you know, because he was at St. Anthony's for two years, and then it closed, St. Anthony's closed, okay. and he had to transfer as a soft, after his sophomore year. So he is a throwback, knows players, played against guys. Uh, he's an experienced guy, and he's and he's had a lot. I mean, he's you know he's a a good pl- a very good player on a very good team in Westchester, very good coach. And this guy had a, you know they pra- both guys practice this summer, and they're going to be terrific players. For so you summer. saw them right as you with your summer workouts. Oh you yeah, you saw them in here with your guys, and you're like, okay. Oh no, there's you, no you question. Get a good look and seamless, say they can seamless yeah. transition for okay. those two guys, and and you, both guys will figure very prominently into our success. I mean, I think one of the reasons why I think we're going to be better than last year is those two guys. <laughs> you know what I mean? Those two guys are a big part of it. You know, now I do, I do think our returning guys are, are a year better, a year more experienced. Hopefully healthy. Um, we've, two guys that we were, were, we were counting on uh, just caught a lot of bad breaks injury-wise. So those two guys are getting healthy. You add Kyle, you add Alex, you have a better, more mature Nico, you have a Joey Riley, a Raheem Solomon, Mike Sixsmith. I mean, uh, you know, we 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 you know we we lost Bryce Johnson, which was a loss uh, to graduation. But you bring in Alex, which is you know we think a comp- you know 
Bryce averaged 10 and 8 uh, for us. We think Alex certainly is that more than capable of doing that, a little bit different look. So we're excited. We're more mature. We, may, uh, we have some additions to the staff that I'm very excited about, some new, 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 uh, new blood that I think is going to bring some new energy, some new ideas. Um, so we're really optimistic. Um, it's not going to be easy. You know, uh, people think, oh, you're going to be picked to win the league. You know, we're, we're, we're playing a very tough non-conference schedule. Yeah, let's talk uh, about the schedule yeah. because you're, you're, you're yeah. St. John's, Providence, Holy Cross. Uh, you're, you're continuing your relationship with Tobin Anderson, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, and, and uh, you're playing Iona. So, so it's, it's challenging. It, it's a tough schedule. It's probably a little tougher than I want it to be, but but, but it's it, listen. But when you're good and you know you have the pieces, that's when you that's amp when you up take your a schedule. Chance. You usually. take a chance, you no know, question. You know, one of the things, like I said, we're an extension of of the university and of admissions, and so we want to play universities that have a similar mission than us. That we are, uh, that we feel are kind of um, similar institutions, like a Holy Cross, like Fairfield you know, like a St. John's, you know, like an Iona. So these are schools that uh, we recruit against for students. Um, so, you know, so that's part of, you know, our job is to be an extension of the university. And, um, you know, we do a lot of recruiting um, on Long Island. So playing St. John's makes sense for us because a lot of our students get to, a lot of our prospective students, not just recruits, mm -hmm. basketball recruits, get to see what we're all about. And that's a, another reason why I take this responsibility so seriously because, if we stink, people immediately associate that with, with the university. So, but if we're good, we're like, hey, this could be a cool place. Look how good the men's basketball program is. So now, obviously, is, are they coming just for that? No, we, but we do all those other things. Mm -hmm. Hopefully, if we do a good job and play St. John's well and you know, play Iona, maybe beat Iona or who knows, people say, hey, this is a cool place. Let's go take a look at the place. And then once they come here, our job is done. And then our wonderful admissions office takes over. And we have... I have said this, and uh, every year, May 1st is like the Super Bowl for admissions. That's when you kind of get your final yeah, numbers. Yeah, that's decision and, day. And, and so I, I stumbled upon their day one day about nine years ago, and I've said this many times. We, we have the best admissions staff in the country, and, and, and I know people use hyperbole all the time. I mean, the job that they do, the level of excellence that they operate at, our admissions and people, everyone tangentially associated with them. I mean, when, when someone comes on this campus, and not that everyone, not that we're perfect for everyone, they never leave here not being impressed with how they're treated, how they're, uh, the hospitality, the, the level of excellence. Um, so my, my, my role in this uh, from the university-wide is we got to get people. we got to get people on this campus because once you get on this campus, you are going to like it. Now, it might not be the school you choose, but you're going to like it. And then once they meet the people, and our people are such just – they do just such a good job. They're so professional. They're so uh, welcoming. People are going to be really excited about it, and I think we're automatically on students' list, and that's why we've done such a good job. So that's a part of our scheduling philosophy is we want to play some high majors, you know, because all of our guys think they should be there, you know, and, mm -hmm. and let's see how good we are. And, and, heck, if you can knock one of those guys off, maybe it helps, and you get to the NCAA tournament, maybe instead of being a 16, maybe you're a 15 or a 14 if you, you know, you, you knock off Providence or St. Joe's or someone like that. Right. Um, and, then, and then, you know, the other schools, you want, you want the home-and-home -home games to be against – Quality institutions like a Dartmouth, like a Holy Cross, like a Fairfield, um, and, and and so that's what we do. Now, again, those schools are good schools, so they're and they're, they get good players, they got good coaches. So, we got a tough schedule. Um, you know, our goal of ours, I think, a good goal at this level is if you can be over five hundred 
going into league play, you've done a very good job. Oh, without you, question. You, you know, you've done yeah. a great job. You know, that's that's sometimes the deceptive thing is, you know, sometimes teams will go and we, we're playing. We happen to be playing 15 non-conference games this year because we're playing in an MTE, and some people are sitting at you know five and ten. Everyone's like, "What's wrong with Sacred Heart?" Well, we played Providence, we played St. Joe's, we right. played Iona, we played right. St. John's. Those are hard games. All four of those teams would be picked to win the Northeast Conference. Would win the Northeast Conference. So we're playing on the road, by the way. All those games are on the road. So we're playing teams that would be picked above us on the road. You know, those are hard games to win. And then, hey, not for nothing, Holy Cross is pretty good. He's got a brand new coach. He's terrific. Going to Holy Cross. Are we favored in that game? I, I don't know. I mean, maybe. Maybe because we're older, but not by a lot. So, like, those are hard games to win. So those, those guaranteed games are automatically on the road. And now your other games are split between home and road. So you're playing a lot more road games yes. against really good teams. So I think a big challenge at this level, and I learned it after my first year, was you know I was down in the dumps because we were like, uh, I don't think we were f- four and nine non-conference. And I'm like, oh, my God, we're awful. And I was just such a young coach thinking, well, wait a minute. I don't know how many of these games that we lost we were supposed to win <laughs> right. with where our roster was. So I think part of that is can you get out of non-conference play with some confidence, with some wins, some confidence, and guys feeling good about themselves, and healthy, of course, and playing your best basketball going into conference play. But there's a big mental aspect of it. You know, if we're playing, you know, 15 games, if we're 5 and 10, you know, we're going to have some work to do to get these guys to be confident, to be like, hey, we're better than 5 and 10, you know, once we get in the league play. So now hopefully we don't do that. Hopefully we can, you know, surprise some people and, 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 and be over 500 going into conference play. And, and if we do that, that's generally a very good sign. Now, no guarantee either, because we've had plenty of teams uh, in our league play real well in non-conference play, and then it could also hurt you. you. You might think you're better than you are as well. And now you're like, hey, teams in the league can play too now. If you don't, you know, Merrimack didn't win a non-conference, didn't win a Division One non-conference game last year, and then ran rush out through the league in January and February. Part of that is they were good. They had a great coach. And so... He did a great job of rallying troops, but what he, you know, he's a good friend. You know, I told him that was his best coaching job you could do because his team was down in the dumps, and to get them to turn around and then, you know, start winning a couple close games, and all of a sudden, you know, and again they had good players too, but uh, it's it's a tricky thing at this level, you know, to kind of regroup and rally the troops when the non-conference play didn't go quite as well as people would have hoped. You know, now again. We're probably going to be picked to win the league by most people. Um, so if we are sitting at five and ten, six and nine, you know, I think a lot of people are going to be asking questions, and players aren't immune to it. People are going to be, hey, what's wrong with you guys? You know what I mean? And well, think but about people who know the Northeast Conference know that you know you're going to be battle tested. Of course. Yeah. And 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 there are teams that end up the year. You know, last year I think you might have been one game under 500 yeah. or one game over. Yeah. But you're right there with the best teams in the league. You, no you beat Merrimack. You beat FDU twice. Who yeah. beat Purdue? We could yeah. play that game. No, no question. So it, and, a and the game. conference is better. Yeah. No, the conference, you know, is, no matter what the rankings say, these teams can oh, play. And there's good coaches. And 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 listen, they have guys on scholarship too. Right. You know, I mean, like so. It's and they're trying to win too. So uh, it, it's scheduling is a, is a is one of the most important things we do, and then managing that schedule and managing, and, and that's a big part of coaching and, and is, is managing egos, but managing confidence too. You know, we're all very fragile. You know, I, I, I remember, uh, you know, uh, you look at these established coaches. I mean, Jim Calhoun is one of the, you know, 
arguably one of the five greatest coaches sure. in history. He's and, on my Mount Rushmore, and, yeah. You know, yeah. And, and when you talk about him, and, and this guy would get nervous as head before games. Guys, all he does is win. And, and you know, I, I remember Coach D telling us a story when they were playing uh, Northeastern. They were playing Northeastern. And, yeah. and Dave Lato was at coach, Northeastern. Yeah. And Ray Allen was hurt or something. And, and you know, Coach Calhoun was so nervous. And, you know, they were the fifth-ranked team in the country. And Northeastern was just okay that year. And, but but it's so there's a little bit of a mental game that you have to. Uh, there's a psychological warfare that coaches go through, and I don't care how established you are, everyone's confidence is fragile, and you can and you always think if if you've gotten to the mountaintop, which we haven't yet, you always say, can we do it again? And if you haven't got there, like can we ever get there? Right. So you're always right. playing these games with yourself, and and that's the challenge. And the best coaches are the ones that can not only manage it themselves, but then kind of uh, convey that confidence um, to their player. So our schedule is exciting. Uh, we have some really good you know, players. Uh, again, we've talked about Alex and Kyle coming in. We have Nico Gallet, arguably the preseason player. I, I think he has to be the preseason player because he's the only first-team All-Leaguer who's, who's returning. I, I think that's, you yeah. know, I think that's safe to say. You know, you know, Joey Riley, who had an outstanding year for us. Joey's uh, another All-Team player, you know, All-League player. You know. And you know Mike Sixsmith, who's had moments of being of greatness, and he you know he could emerge. Raheem Solomon, who's a double figure scorer for us, had a great summer for us. You know he's coming off a year where he he didn't play or practice for a whole year because of an injury, and he still averaged double figures. So he could take the next step. Aiden Carpenter, who was hurt, uh, hopefully he can emerge as as a good you know a good player for us. Brendan McGuire, I mean Brendan played in 15 games. Uh, the last two he played in played in hurt. So the first 11, I mean, I'm sorry, um, 13 games. The first, the last two he played, he played an injury he shouldn't even play. The first eleven games that he played, we were eight and three when he played. A healthy Brendan McGuire is a you know eight and three. That's that's if you you know work that out, that's twenty four and nine. That's a pretty that's a heck of a year. Where do I sign up for twenty four and nine right, right now? You know what I mean? So you know a healthy Brendan McGuire makes everybody better because he's such an elite passer. So do we have a healthy you know Brendan McGuire? And and so uh, Tanner Thomas. Who had a wonderful conference, uh, uh, conference play for us? So if you look at his conference stats, I think he's one of the more underrated players in the league. Wonderful kid, hard worker. I mean, he's an interesting player because, you know, and, and he was a player that went in the portal and we kind of talked about it and, you know, decided to come back. And, and I'm thrilled to death. He's a wonderful kid, hard worker. He's what everything we want to be about. Didn't play a ton as a freshman, played a little bit more. And I think he can really emerge as a, as a special player for us. So, uh, you know, and, and he really came on at the end. So I, I'm really excited about our, our team, our the character of our guys, um, their work habits. Again, who you are is what you do every day. And um, but it's not going to be easy. There's going to be ups and downs. I mean, look at the University of Connecticut. What, what a great year they had. I mean, right. phenomenal. I mean, finished fifth in the Big East. Fifth in the Big East, and there was a stretch where I think they lost five out of six. Exactly. The national champions. So if that happened to them. It can happen to anybody. That's right. going to happen to us. We're not UConn. <laughs> We're not, you know, I'm not Danny Early. Like, that's going to happen to us. How do, we, how do we deal with that? How do we deal with How do we regroup? I mean, look at what UConn did. They regrouped, and they didn't win the Big East tournament, but they got it going, and they were, I mean, they played at a level right. in the NCAA tournament that, I mean, that was one of the more underrated runs in NCAA I, I would say most dominant runs. I've, without, I can't, that I can never remember. Without I mean, question. I mean, Iona gave them their toughest game, coach. <laughs> there's no question. You, you know, know? And, and, and actually it was funny because Rick Pitino had said that. He, he said I, the first half against UConn was the best half of basketball by far all year. And, you know, sometimes coaches say that, but, it, it, you know, 
One point cool. game, I believe it was. I think it was I like 39-38. I, I actually think that Iona was up at that. Yeah, half. I yeah. think I think they were up one. So um, this is probably as much excitement and enthusiasm as I think our campus has had about our program in a while. Um, I know I'm as motivated, as excited, and as committed uh, to bringing a champion to this place. Uh, I, you know, I think uh, gratitude is in very short supply. But not for me. I am so grateful that the opportunity I was given here, and, and I feel like I owe it to this university and these people. So it, it's one of the biggest motivating factors for me is to give uh, the people that have been loyal and have tr trusted me to give them a champion. And, and I have not been able to do that. And so uh, it's, it's time for us to do that. So I, I am I'm as focused as I've ever been. I think we are meeting as a staff on a daily basis now. I think our staff is as focused as we've ever been. And um, we're ready to roll. And, and uh, this is, uh, it's not going to be a perfect year, but it's going to be a special year. And hopefully we make it real special for everyone. Anthony, it's, it's been special being here on campus with you. I want to thank you for the time and uh, all the insight into yeah. your program. You know, you've built this program. You've taken the baton from Dave Bike, the legendary coach here. And uh, I'm sure he's very proud of, of what you've built here. And listen, championships don't define you as a person. But obviously, you're in this to win it. Yeah, no and uh, with hard work, perseverance, a little luck, uh, the team gels at the right time. Hopefully, your time is this year and, and sooner rather than later. So it's been a pleasure. My pleasure. Thanks All for right. having me. Thanks, Anthony. It has been a pleasure being here back to school, back on campus at Sacred Heart University. This is the Tri-State College Basketball Podcast. You can get this podcast anywhere where you get your podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. And also now, we're have it, we have it on YouTube, so if you want to check out my site, Brian DiNovella, search that on YouTube.com, and you can see the full interview right here in person on the campus of Sacred Heart University. We hope to continue this series throughout the rest of August and into September as students get back to campus, student athletes get back to campus, and we, right here on the Tri-State College Basketball Podcast, get back to campus as well. My name is Brian DiNovellis. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time right here on the Tri-State College Basketball Podcast. <laughs>